Hello, and welcome to Exploring Apprenticeship and the Skilled Trades in the Halton District School Board. In a series of podcasts, parents and students will learn about the many opportunities available to them. The opportunities range from cooperative education, specialist high skills majors, to concentrated OEAP programs. These programs offer a great variety of opportunities for students to start a skilled trades and often start an apprenticeship while in high school. In these series, you'll learn about the specific programs and some success stories from previous and current students in the Halton District School Board. So stay tuned for the series of podcasts coming up. Hello and welcome to the Halton District School Board's Ontario Youth Apprenticeship Program podcast. I'm Wade Richardson. Today we're going to talk to our guest, Paul Barnes. Paul Barnes is at Georgetown High School, and he is the welding teacher. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. And thanks for joining us today. So a lot of times the teachers will come into classrooms, they're teaching a class, and the students and the parents don't understand what their background is and what the the, the knowledge and um, experience that they bring to the classroom and teach the students. Can you just give us a little bit of a background on your previous career before you became a teacher? Sure. I am a welder fitter by trade, but originally I, I graduated from college uh, with business diplomas and uh, entered the, the accounting field and eventually found myself in, in a trade, uh, not really interested initially, but found that that's where my calling was. And I pursued uh, a welding career, found the benefits of both the, the college and the welding education to be very uh, helpful as a teacher. I then went on to university, finished two degrees, and they also have uh, aided me in being a teacher. But uh, by trade, I am a welder fitter. So a welder is is a funny trade because there's so many different types of welders. There's aluminum, there's steel, there's stainless, there's, there's commercial, there's industrial, there's structural, there's all kinds. What kind of background were you welding in? I was uh, in the auto industry. I I worked in a tool and die shop. Actually, I worked in the largest stamping plant in Canada, a magna plant uh, that made dies for all all the major auto companies, Honda, BMW, Chrysler. And I was a tool and die welder, so to speak. I worked on tool steels. Uh, I did mainly stick welding or SMAW and GTAW, uh, where I welded cast irons, uh, I welded magnesium-based metals, stainless steels, uh, and the odd time we would do some fabrication work with mild steel and use the MIG welder, and, and my job description was basically to repair and maintain the dies uh, using the, the welding processes. Well, that sounds pretty interesting because there is such a variety of welders out there. So a student who comes into to high school, can they take your course in grade 10 at Georgetown through the exploring technologies where they would do a rotation of different classrooms? Well, grade nine is where we do the rotations and grade, grade nine is great because you get a chance to, to try out different trades. Uh, but grade 10 is where uh, we focus on specific subjects or specific trades, whether it's uh, transportation, culinary, cosmetology, uh, computer engineering, anything, uh, and including manufacturing. Uh, but manufacturing is a, is a little different in grade 10, depending on the school, because manufacturing is a very large uh, umbrella. 
And underneath there, there's many, many facets that would make up manufacturing. There is not just one type of manufacturing. I'd almost say it's like uh, like sports. Sports is uh, active. There's all kinds of mental uh, strength involved, physical strength, but there there's many different types of sports and that goes with manufacturing. There's, there's welders, there's uh, tool and die, there's millwrights, there's machinists. There's, you can even put plumbers under that, I would argue. Um, so it is a, a big area. So students in grade 10 would find that they're in a, an environment that they've probably never been in, especially in a shop like mine. It's very industrial and it's exciting because they really are not sure where they're going to go with this. They might have a friend or a family member or a neighbor who's told them about manufacturing. They could have been either an account, uh, sorry, a architect or tech design, or they could be a welder or a machinist. So the, the expectations are, you know, unknown really, because uh, they don't know. And I find with kids in, in the grade 10 tech programs, uh, it's very similar to phys ed. Kids take phys ed, uh, not, because they want to become a, a successful athlete, uh, and some do, and great for them, uh, congratulations. But for most students in grade 10, they take phys ed because they get a chance to, ex- to explore a side of themselves that they may not you know, be able to, you know, in terms of having that many people to play a sport or learn a game or learn a new uh, type of rule or you just experience themselves or challenge themselves with their peers. And I would say that the same thing with manufacturing or all tech programs, for that matter. They they get a chance to look at a side of themselves and learn something about themselves. You know, their comfort zones will be challenged. Their eyes will be opened. And I think after grade 10, regardless of what tech they take, they walk away with a better understanding of what it really is. And, and that's that's the main goal. We are not trying to make students become manufacturers or I'm not trying to you know, make grade 10 students welders, I'm trying to uh, uh, enlighten them with something that uh, might might be something they are good at, might be something they didn't know they were good at. So it's a great place to be uh, in grade 10. Absolutely. And manufacturing is a huge umbrella, like you're saying. It encompasses tool and die making, CNC operators, welders. There's, there's so many different things under the manufacturing umbrella. And the, the name itself, I really don't like as a course description because the reality is if I look at manufacturing and I read it somewhere, I think to me it brings up a factory. So someone standing in, in a, making automobiles, putting on a tire all day or one component all day long, where that's not even what it is because so much of the manufacturing is math and literacy skills and the design process and producing your design. Let's say they've been in a welding class, they've designed a rose and they have to cut out, measure it and come up with proportions and cut out all the pedals and weld them all together. And there's so much more involved in the manufacturing classes than people really realize. And so much learning goes on, whether it's literacy skills, math skills, design process, which carries on to other classes. Well, I find that's the unique thing about manufacturing because it it does... Uh, overlap into many industries. And my particular class is a welding focus, but uh, students quickly realize that the tools, the uh, the, the things that the, the toys, more or less, so to speak, uh, how to use them, how to manipulate steel, how to change things, how to design things. It is not 
you know, just pigeonholed into welding. Uh, I have found that a lot of our students, you know, because it's an open class, are all over the place. We have students that are going to become architects. We have students that are going to become engineers. We have students that are going to just work in a tool crib and organize how things will be, dis, you know, dispensed within a, in, in a company in terms of tools and equipment. We have people that want to get into the trades and actually uh, follow through with with welding out in Alberta or uh, underwater welding. So the expectations and uh, the pathways of the children are, are so vast that the classroom uh, presents itself in that way. It's not pigeonholed into one type of thinking. And yes, we do welding, but we have, you know, we have, for example, if, if you wanted to cut something, we would teach you how to use a cutting disc on an angle grinder, a chop saw, an iron worker with a shear or a notching tool. Uh, the horizontal bandsaw, the vertical bandsaw, and then there's the plasma, and then there's SMAW gouging or cutting. I mean, there's over six, seven ways to, to do one you know, specific activity, which actually overlaps into different industries. So manufacturing, as I, as I started with, has that unique um, status where even though if you, were to, if you were to follow the trades and become a mechanic or a millwright or uh, a CNC operator or, or heavy equipment uh, mechanic or of any, any trade in that particular, manufacturing has those skills and those uh, equipment and, and tool uses that you will be using. They overlap. So uh, I, I find most kids who take my class are, are not going to be welders and I understand it, but they do want to learn the tool. They do want to learn the skills that accompany that. Uh, it gives them better opportunity out there uh, looking for work. It gives them better opportunity to be uh, present in decision-making. They, uh, they can offer choice. They can offer option and they know because they know they have, they've, they've learned those, those different methods. So, uh, I, that's the one thing I really like about the manufacturing on how, how much it overlaps into everybody else's trade. Absolutely. It does over, overlap because in the truck and coach industry where the people are repairing trucks and trailers, there's often welding involved. A lot of the times, whether in construction, they put steel beams in houses and somebody has to come along and weld those in. And quite often those trades overlap each other. The students can take those skills with them, whatever career they decide to go into. Or even they could even, that gives them opportunities of the knowledge to work safely and do certain things at home if they have the need to. So in grade 10, the students kind of learn the basics, a lot of safety, a lot of, you know, how to do things, how to use tools properly and safely. And then in grade 11 and 12, there is a manufacturing umbrella, but then in the province of Ontario, we have what they call focus courses. So when they have the students have the opportunity to actually focus on welding in grade 11 and 12, build on what they've learned in grade 10, or if they haven't taken welding in grade 10 or a manufacturing course, they can still take grade 11 or 12 without taking the grade 10. Can you kind of explain a little bit about the high, specialist high skills major and what the students would receive from taking one of those courses? Sure. So uh, in grade 11, Students have the opportunity to, to join the, the SHSM, and we encourage them from grade 10 to follow through. We find that kids who are in the grade 11 focused uh, SHSM program are more prepared, more equipped, and ready and available for whether it's an apprenticeship or college or online college uh, these days, as we experienced last year, because they've, they've done two years, 11 and 12 of 
of uh, focused welding and fabrication uh, suited towards what they wanted. Now, that would be a welder, so to speak, but we do have other people who take the schism program who do not want to be welders. This skill set, again, as I mentioned, is, is overlapping and is the same. So, for example, so in grade 11, students have the opportunity to group, are allowed to write the CWB uh, 47.1 SMAW welding test. Uh, they get to actually do the test. They get it tested by CWB uh, inspectors. And it, upon passing, they receive certification that allows them to weld in a certain position, uh, a certain thickness of steel, a certain type of steel across Canada. Uh, these certifications are usually given out to people in the trade or people who are about to do a job in the trade, usually adults outside of high school. Uh, so for a grade 11 student to actually get to practice as well as do the test is, is a really good opportunity. Uh, not only that, but grade 11s in the SMAW, they do focus more on their welding skills. We also push kids who are not going to be welders into uh, the the software that we use, the CAD software, uh, which we use extensively, not only for robotics, but we use it for fabrication, create, uh, creating parts. Our grade 12s, we have a set group of kids who do certain jobs for the school where the auto class will need a flange or the uh, robotics class need a certain part made. And that grade 12 class will design and make that part. The opportunities under the SHISM program are more defined for kids who are going into the trade because they're more focused. So we have to be more focused. We also offer them blacksmithing. So we know a lot of them will not become blacksmiths, but the opportunity to actually try it, experience it is, uh, is a great opportunity. Uh, they learn more about metallurgy. They learn about aspects of metal, the, the properties of metal from a different uh, perspective, from a, from a blacksmith's perspective. So under the Schism program, they would experience that. Grade 11s would, and grade 12s also would experience visits to colleges, universities. They would get a chance to talk to the professors, the teachers, the instructors, apprenticeship managers. It's it's a good place to be because if you're not sure where you're going, uh, this would pretty much sum it up for you whether you want to do it or not. Uh, you wouldn't be left with too many questions. You, you would actually be ready to either commit and go into a trade, whether it's college apprenticeship or say, you know what, this isn't for me. But for majority of times, uh, there's a lot of excitement. And um, the Schism program opens your, your eyes up to a lot of those opportunities, which can make the future possible. So, Well, that's, that's, that is fantastic. That is a lot of knowledge that students gain, whether they take it with them as life skills once they graduate, if they have a part-time job, or even some, quite often people have workshops at their houses that they can take those skills with them and work safely in their, in their house. Not only that, Quite often, the students could use those in other trades, whether they end up being a, you know, a truck and coach mechanic or a heavy equipment mechanic. All those skills are great skills to have. Quite often, I think the students that I've heard about do very well once they've graduated your course. Now, you have had a lot of students graduate over the course of the years, and I'm sure you keep in touch with quite a few of them. Have you had any students who have gone on to be welders or somewhere in that field, whether it's 
you know, welding in a pipeline or well, welding in a, in a plant or people who have moved on. Do you have a few examples that we probably should only use first names though? Yeah, no problem. No, I, I actually do. I have a lot of students who have graduated on and, and become welders. And a lot of them have received their jobs through co-ops, through the Schism program. Their skills were recognized and uh, were built on where they were at and were you know offered employment. And uh, that's not uncommon at all. It happens quite often. But some of the success stories that I would refer to are not even welders. They are mechanics. They are people who have been in a, I had a student mention to me, they were in a tight spot. Uh, they were trying to take something off, uh, off the uh, truck. It was a cast piece that they couldn't use the oxyacetylene torch, but they were trying. And this student who was a mechanic, but had taken my welding course, was able to say, hold on a second, guys, the exothermic reaction that the oxyacetylene torch creates does not work on cast irons. And they looked at him and he said, wow, I actually was listening to Mr. Barnes. But the same thing, I have another student who went into robotic engineering and he was able to talk about different aluminums that, you know, will break when they bend. And he said he remembered that from from robotics when we were we were given donations of aluminum. And uh, as they try to put it through the break, it was bending. It was the type of aluminum in the series that was you know, not uh, recommended for, and he knew that. And he said, yeah, I remember that in, in, when I was in robotics class with Mr. Barnes and we were welding aluminum and he came over and he said, who's trying to bend all this aluminum here? What's wrong with you guys? And uh, that was a great, you know, moment for me to, you know, to say, yeah, you know, even though he didn't become a welder, he still did take some of the skill set from my class and used it in his industry. Those to me are, are the great stories. Um, I, there's many students have gone on to become welders uh, in Sarnia. We just had a student finish this semester, went on to Chabot to be gonna, become an underwater welder. It, it's a great opportunity. Um, we have a, a young lady who graduated. She's going off to uh, Western, but right now she has a part-time job at, at the co-op she was she did with our Schism program for, for designing. She's using her CAD skills to help them create things, the same software that we use on our plasma cutter. And uh, they're impressed that this, you know, 18 year old young lady is able to do so much. So again, success stories are not always uh, welders. They're, uh, they're just students who, uh, who just, you know, took a little bit of what they got from our class, the skill sets and, and used them. And that's, that's to me is the, the greatest success. Yeah, and I would absolutely agree. The skills they learn and the knowledge can be applied in so many different areas. It kind of makes me think about um, one per one conference I was at. There was a person from, I believe it was Promation Nuclear. He talked about how he went to DA Blake Lock, took a manufacturing course, was you know, and had co-ops and went out with a, with a co-op placement with a tool and die maker, and then was really considering starting an apprenticeship, but ended up moving on to be an engineer. And he talks about how those experiences gave him the knowledge to run, a, have a company, run a company, and understand that what they design and engineer has to be able to be made. And he understands how to make them from taking those high school courses. So part of what he talks about is the things he learned in high school helps him out a lot as an engineer because when he designs things or his staff designs things, once those designs go down to the welders or the tool and die makers, that they can actually make those products. Because a good friend of mine is a tool and die maker, and quite often he gets designs, and they simply can't be made because the engineer doesn't understand how to make them. 
students uh, after we come back from the Guelph University trip uh, who want to become engineers in particular, they see the machine shop in the university. And it is very similar to what we have as well uh, and in our other schools in the board. But the hand skills, the skill sets that you learn, uh, they can translate you know, from theory and back and forth practical. But uh, you have to have the opportunity to try them both. And, and you can see that, like I mentioned at Guelph University, their, their machine shop, their, their fabrication shop is beautiful. The equipment is, is, is what we use in industry and, and engineers who get that opportunity to try that side of it, I believe, become better engineers. So, You know, it is, it is quite interesting. So many things happen under the manufacturing umbrella in the welding focus class. It's the design process, math, math skills, literacy skills all the knowledge of being able to code and, and make things on a CNC machine. There are a lot of things that students learn. So if you were, if there was a grade nine student or grade eight student listening to this podcast and they were considering a skilled trade and considering one at either welding, manufacturing, uh, that type of a skilled trade, or even sometimes engineers, what would be your, what would your advice be to them? So for a grade 10 student, I would tell them, take the manufacturing class or Try the try the the, tr- the tech class. You, you might be surprised. You might find something new about yourself you didn't know, because we put you in situations that are usually out of your comfort zone in a safe environment, of course. But uh, we challenge you to to learn something. We we make a paradigm shift. We make you think, as they say, outside the box. We promote critical thinking, uh, problem solving. We we support that. We we help that. And I think that any student who takes a grade ten tech class or in my class in particular manufacturing, you're going to find that uh, you'll be surprised uh, at the skills you have that you didn't know because you've never been put in that position. So I'd encourage you to to try something new and uh, look at it in a positive way because you have very helpful teachers who are more than happy to share their experiences and their knowledge and they want to see you be successful. Yeah, I would absolutely agree in Halt and I would say the teachers are more like coaches. We give students projects, we give them design, tell them about design processes, give them a challenge, and they have to come up and come up with different designs and different challenges. We don't give them all the information that they would need to make something, but coach them along the way to create the design process and have them do the critical thinking on their own. And that is one of the things that I really like about the tech ed classes. It is encourages the students to have their own, own mindset and their own thought processes rather than just follow along from a guide. And that's one of the, the, the fun things about grade 10, especially my class, grade 10 manufacturing, is because we do not have a set project. We teach students how to use the tools safely, properly, whether it be chop saws, grinders, MIG welders, TIG welders, power hammers, mobile band saws, you know, you name it, uh, brakes, uh, oxyacetylene cutting, you know, all types of welding, gas welding. Uh, we, we teach kids these, these tools and we, we teach them how to use it safely and properly. And that's the emphasis, to be totally honest. It's safely and properly. And then we allow kids to actually, and I know a lot of teachers will say I'm crazy for this, but we allow students to design their own projects. Well, based on you know restrictions of size and cost and time, of course. But uh, what I found is kids in grade 10, don't like to come don't like to come to welding class to build Mr. Barnes's project. They like to build their project. And 
I, I could offer so much advice to these kids on each and every one of their projects, but I don't. I allow them to explore and try things and do things. And even though I know it may not be the right way or the proper way, I, I allow them to do it because those are the best learning opportunities. And then you have a student who does something a little bit better or a little bit more efficient or more productive. And then the other students notice that and they think, wait a minute, I can use that machine. I can do that too. I, why didn't I do that? And those are those aha moments where you you, you watch kids, they, they see something. And I always say to students, if you had to build this a second time, how would you build this? And they say, oh, first of all, you know, I would do this. And, and they change up everything. And it's that to me is is what grade ten is all about. It, it, you're finding stuff about yourself. You're, you're learning things. You're you're just as, like I said about sports. You're you're seeing other kids do things that you didn't know that could be done, and now you're you're copying them, and you're saying, "Yeah, I can do that too." And it's a great place to be. And uh, I love grade ten because that's that's the funnest part: watching kids actually uh, get benefit from what they're doing. Um, and they're doing it on their own. You know, you're watching, you're basically watching them for the safe use and handling of the machinery. Uh, and they think you're, you're, you know, you're helping them with their project, but you're not, you're just, you're watching them learn. And that's to me is, that's probably one of the greatest things about being a teacher, to be honest with you. Oh, I absolutely agree. As a transportation teacher, you guide them and let them come up with a lot of their own decisions, their own projects. And then once you do the reflection piece, which I really don't like that word a lot, but once they, they've completed their project and they've, they've looked at it and they say, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that, which is life skills that you learn along the way during life and is a great way to learn. In, in the transportation, typically I did the grade nine rotation. I did in my classroom, I did have some welding equipment, cutting equipment, and I would do the same thing. It was their project. They, I would give them a list of materials they could use. And they will come up with design a project, whether it was a, making a flower, or some students would do dice. There was all sorts of different ideas. Skeletons, I wouldn't give them their project. They would come up with it on their own. And then you would say, hey, how could you have done this differently to make, or would you have done something differently? And then, like you said, they see other people's projects and go, wow, I could, you know, maybe I should have done mine this way, or I should have done, done this process this way, or this process should have been done before this process. Yeah, as a teacher, it's hard to actually tell sometimes students how to do things because, you know, what they believe to be true may not be true, but the only way they'll they'll know it's not true is by trial and error. I'm not there to say I told you so. I'm there to say, "Great. I'm glad you learned that. Let's move on. Let's try this now." And um like I said earlier that that paradigm shift, that change in mindset uh is great. That's and, and tech does that, especially in grade 10. Tech does that because you're learning the basics, the fundamentals. And what you believe to be true now is now in front of you, not happening the way you thought. And so it's it's a great way to learn. And it is high school. So it's, that's where you're supposed to make those mistakes. That's, you're supposed to. You're allowed to. Uh, we're, we're happy for the mistakes because that's how we all learn, right? Absolutely. And the mistakes that the students make, that's how we learn. And that's how I learn as an adult. You, you do something, you go, oh, I should have done it this way, or I should, have, I should have done this first instead of doing this first. There's all sorts of ways we learn. I think trial and error or experiencing how to do things and learning which process should happen first or what should happen second is one of the great ways. And I think as a teacher, it's a great to let those students make those mistakes and then look back and say, hey, you know, how could we do things differently? in a open and honest way. Absolutely. And 
the support as a teacher you give to a student when they make that mistake, they'll see that you're there to help them. You're there to uh, show them, to, to guide them. In my class, there's no grading on making mistakes. If you make a mistake, you don't get graded on that. Uh, in fact, the student who makes mistakes and then fixes it, that to me is, that's the grade. You know, they persevered, they problem solved. Um, and even if their answer the second time around or the, their repair or whatever they're, uh, you know, they've done in terms of welding or fabricating is still wrong. To me, that's even even better because now they've eliminated two problems they won't make again, you know, or mistakes they'll make again. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's great when students, you know, turn to you and say, what happened? That to me is my, my opportunity to say, well, okay, well, the metal, you uh, it was very cold and you needed a preheat or whatever the case may be. It's a chance for me to actually throw in my two cents sometimes uh, during the learning moment, which is, uh, which is critical to, to learn, really. And I absolutely agree. And sometimes I would argue that we use, sometimes we use the word mistake, but it's not really a mistake. It's just part of the learning process. And uh, I think we're almost out of time here. And I really appreciate you coming today and sharing all your knowledge and what happens in a focused welding class. And hopefully the listeners, the students or parents will really uh, understand what happens in those classes. And when they're taking course selection, they may think about taking some of these manufacturing classes and maybe specifically the welding class, realizing it's not, it is a welding focus, but it's as much of a focus on design and different skills than it is about welding. It's an open, it's an open room with many opportunities. We found that traditional tools and new age tools like CAD, CAD software and CNC uh, plasma tables, they, they, they join together and they give it a student a chance to see old, new, uh, and experience something that uh, they probably would not have experienced in any of the schools they'd been to up until grade 10. Yes, absolutely. And so thank you very much for coming today. We really appreciate it and taking time out of your day. Thank you, Wade. Okay, thank you very much. And if students or parents want to learn more about the different courses offered in Halton, all the information is available at haltonpathways.ca.